Welcome to Millennial Sex, True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight. For this podcast tonight, I am incredibly excited to bring my latest guest, Ms. Monday Jones, who is an incredibly interesting person with a rich and varied sexual life, so you do not want to miss out on this. She talks a lot about her work in sex work, and she is a shamanatrix, and she also shares some really hilarious story content with us toward the end of her interview. I did say that we would be highlighting a different source of charity and altruism that we can act on instead of just being sexual deviants on this podcast. So last time it was Sugar Mutt's Rescue, and of course you could still support Sugar Mutt's Rescue. So this week I'm encouraging everyone to support Danny Fenster, bringdannyhome.com. So Danny's a journalist, and he was detained in Myanmar recently. He's locked up in a prison there, bringdannyhome.com. Okay, so you can you could buy a t-shirt, or you could donate, or you could just sign a petition because the family is trying to get the government involved in getting him released. Okay, that's ours this week. Why did I pick this? Well, a friend of mine had it on her profile. I checked it out and I thought, why not bring Danny home? Okay, other than that, I just want to remind everybody also to vote because um, voting is happening in New York City, for example, so it must be happening in other places too. New early voting already started, so you can get out there. You can vote for your local people, your mayor, your comp controller, your public advocate. I know they all suck and not in the good way. They suck, okay, in the bad way, in the too young to know how to suck sort of way. But they're old and crusty. So it is what it is, but this is how we exercise our political voices by actually voting in the smaller elections, not just complaining about the presidential election. If you're international, well, now you know what it's like here. Also, I am looking for an animator for, you know, just some little basic animation for a YouTube video. I don't know if I have any animator fans that might want a gig, but um, you could hit me up if that's the case. Um, you can find my info, well, you know, it's millennialsex at gmail.com. That's also my Zell if anybody wants to support the podcast. Right, so bring Danny home. Don't forget to vote. Any animators out there, and just get ready for Ms. Monday Jones to blow your mind with her life sexual experience and her crazy funny stories. I have two guests tonight, two wonderful women. Yes, two women. It's a menage a trois. <laughs> In the bedroom with me tonight. Melissa, and also my guest. I'm Monday Jones, and I am a sex worker. I call myself a shamanatrix. That's a shamanatrix. The, co- the covened name that I've chosen for. So, what is a shamanatrix? 
And, uh, and can you teach me? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person who's asked that. It's like I have this healing aspect as a dominant woman. So I've moved this shaman aspect that I have as this guru, this medicine woman, this, this witch, this shaman. Which is who you are in life aside from sex work, right? It's, yeah, okay. but, but I want to even, like, I don't, I don't see it, I don't see it compartmentalized either because how could, how could we eliminate our sexuality from who we are? It's like such a big part. It's a second chakra in our body. Like, in a lot of cultures, they call it the life force. Right? Life is even made right here with our genitals, and then we just ignore it. <laughs> I started doing fetish modeling at 18. I was doing mainstream modeling before that, between 13 to 15. Mm -hmm. And I'd go to these shoots, and what I would realize was that I'm at these shoots with these phot photographers. My parents would step out and go get coffee. And the photographer would ask something inappropriate of me, like bend over wearing this skirt with no panties on so I can take pictures of you. So me working that, I knew, I, I already knew at that age that I was going to move into sex work because there was more money around it. Mm -hmm. So of course I dropped my clothes before I hit 18. I was like, dink. <laughs> 300 cash, please, thanks. <laughs> and that was one of my first gigs. And, and then it just kind of became a little bit of a, like, I want to say a lifestyle after that. I live a BDSM lifestyle as well in, a D, in DS Dynamics. I cuckold my first husband because I thought it was fun. I randomly would go to clubs and then I would tell them to take me home to their, or take me back to your hotel room and then I'd demand taxi money. Taxi money, right? Like, you're, like, like, you're like Holly Golightly in the powder room, right? Like, yes. I need $50 for the powder room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So I was, I mean, it's a hustle, right? But I felt like it was like, that was just who I was. I even used to put, what was it, like the little ads in the back of the newspapers. I don't even know if they still have them anymore, but like the nickel or the... The, whatever, the little advertisement ones that would be yeah. like, single white female looking for a couple to get yeah. kinky with. <laughs> you know? And, and then I would ask for taxi money. <laughs> that was usually the code, I felt like. Yeah. Was, <clears throat> right. And nobody, I don't feel like nobody was like, no. I feel like they were all like for it. It was consensual, like you were saying. It was consensual. Same with these hookup apps. I actually, I remember first me doing... I was it OK Cupid when it first came out, and I was just doing it for, as my first hookup. I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be fun! I'm just gonna have random sex with a random person." I dominated the shit out of him. <laughs> I like, told him to lay down and take all of his clothes off, and I stomped all over him with my feet, and I took all his money out of his wallet. <laughs> I was like, "This was dinner money. Now you don't have to take me to dinner." And I like left him there, and then never returned. Oh, you're so calls. party B. <laughs> That was a fun date for me. I was like, this is what you do, right? <laughs> You're giving her ideas. Uh, she, she took dominatrix classes. Oh, fun. I did. I did. In L.A.? Fun. Yeah. Did, uh, was it with uh, professional mistresses? Yes. And it was like, there's actually like a school. Yes. Um, what was the school that you went to? I might know this me, school. Was it, Hold on. was it with Sanctuary? No. Um, no, okay. I don't remember the name, but I don't think it was Sanctuary. Say I do know the circ a circuit of LA. Tara, Indiana was the name of my instructor. 
Terra, Indiana. I actually don't know that name. Yes. But that's fun. I'm glad that you took yeah, the well, time. Yeah, emails from her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you took the time to do that, though. Because I remember b- me, I felt like I was uh, winging it. It was a lot of, like, holding a frying pan and their dick being hard going, I'm going to hit you with this. Are you okay with that? <laughs> like, it was a lot of negotiation in the scene happening rather than... Yeah. I didn't... Like, there's, there is an art to it. And yeah, I'm sure I, I you thought, got taught the like, art. <laughs> Me, I was like, I'm going to do this thing because I want to do it. <laughs> well, the one I went to, you had, like, all of the, the men that were being whipped and whatnot, they were volunteers. Of course. So, like, we didn't know any of them. Yeah. So, I don't feel like there was a connection necessarily that, like, to me, he seemed like he was enjoying it, whether he... You know, I, I think they enjoy pain to some level. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't feel like connected to whatever was going on. Going but on. What, kind of, did they you know. teach you some of the etiquette, though, and like the process, maybe like the dialogue around like how to talk to somebody before you're like, I'm going to whip you. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, she went through like some negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, to, to, you know, understand like you get the communication that you mm-hmm. need to have in terms of like, you know, if it's, you know, too much for this person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she went through all of that. Like we use like so different, like, you know, whips and like, you know, like little paddles and like, I love it. It was, it was, a, it was just a lot more fun. Like I didn't, wasn't sure what, you know, what to expect. What to expect. Yeah. It was just, it was just, you know, it was just very cool to like be in charge, be in control. And, you know, like these guys just, they just loved it. And mm-hmm. I'm the type of person like, a lot of my boyfriends hate me because if they have any type of like like beard hair, like I like to pull it out with like my my nails because like <laughs> to see them experience that discomfort is like it's, orgasmic, it's a turn, like it's, it's just so weird. <laughs> and so like things like that, like to me, like I I disconnect from what whatever pain or discomfort they might be might be feeling. And it's so giving like, you pleasure. This. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get, I get it. Yeah. I enjoy, like I just said, a frying pan over somebody going, Hey, I'm going to hit you now with this. Yeah. <laughs> Your dick's hard. So you must be liking this. <laughs> and this is younger age. This is before I even took it on as a profession. Like before I quit my day job. <laughs> so it's pure enjoyment. Yes. Yeah, it's the, pers- the personal life. However, I, um, even as a sex worker, I do not, I learned really early. I do not offer anything that I do not want to offer. It's to my discretion only. And if they do not like it, I usually just go, hey, no standards on uh, illegal sex work, yo. Bink. I was wondering if you can explain how it works in a dom session. Well, one thing that I, I start off with is... And I teach them. I'm like, you need to find your voice, okay? Let's help you find your voice. Because I'll be like, hey, what are some of the things that you like? And the submissive will be like, everything. I like everything. And I'm like, sure. So you'd like me to shit on your chest? (laughs) You know, I like, I I don't want to say like, that's exactly what I drop in on. But I'm like, I know that there's some things you don't want to (laughs) do. So let's get to those things, right? So I usually start with the no list. And if they say, I want everything and I like all these things, or or, or I want everything and there's no no list, then I start going, all right, well, I'm actually a heavy player and I do play this way. So are you into shit? Are you into piss? Are you into blood? Are you into weapons? Are you into me electrocuting you? Are you into 
sensual dominant, you know, finally like giving them some things. Start off, I would say with you, start off with what your no list would be. Like maybe you don't want to deal with blood. Maybe like you personally don't want to deal with like assholes. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with your butthole. I hate buttholes. I don't do anything butthole play. <laughs> like nothing to do with that. Uh, and then work out the negotiation that way. Then they'll start coming up with some no's. And then start asking them the yes list, like the things, do you like degradation? Do you like it when um, humiliation? Do you enjoy, and that could be different for other people. So when they're like, well, what do you mean by degradation? Like say, do you want me to call you my dirty little slut? <laughs> Give them examples. Or do you want me to call you a fuck face? Like, do you like these? Do these turn you on? <laughs> um, and they'll go from there and humiliation as well. Like me teasing you about a little dick or big dick, you know, big dick humiliation. Is that a thing? <laughs> is big dick humiliation a thing? I don't know, but you know, it could be, could be, it could if be it's like a horse dick. Cause like, yeah. Don't, oh don't my God. Suck it or fuck it. So you can oh my like, gosh, yeah, you you're right. Freak, you could you totally, freak your horse freak. dick. Right. God, you can turn you, you know what? You can turn anything into you, a so. humiliation. <laughs> you just yes. So there is big dick humiliation. I suppose. Yeah. So giving them some examples around that, and a lot of it's a lot of it's dialogue at the at the beginning, and making them feel comfortable because most of the time these people are coming in nervous, like they have a foot fetish and they think that's the most ridiculous thing, and they can't believe that they have this thing and that they've been carrying around and they're shameful about. And they've never told anybody, including their wife of 25 years. Mm -hmm. And now they're in a space where there's a worker going like this. Here, grab my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I talk about what, I, what my no's are before they even come into, like before they even continue the booking. Mm -hmm. So they know very clear what I do not offer, do not come in to expect those things. I don't offer them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there's already clear communication that's happening, clear dialogue. So we already know what to expect and what not to expect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I feel like very empowered because I get to be in control of the level of intimacy that we're about, like me and the client are going to mm -hmm. share or me and this other human being mm -hmm. are going to like partake in yeah. because of me being as open as I am and not judgmental and offering a space for such diversity in the style of sex that I offer from like this coaching style to companionship, right? Um, that they're able to be themselves too and say that I have a foot fetish or, oh my gosh, I really like eating asshole. <laughs> or I, I have a thing for armpits and hairy armpits and my wife is always shaved. So it gives them a, a safe space as well to, to get their needs met mm -hmm. with clear dialogue and we're all on the same page before it happens. And and then for some, it's a clean trans, transaction too that's happening. It's a business deal. So with that, not a lot of that emotional stuff gets intertwined for some. I'm a very intimate person and I love being vulnerable and I've got all sorts of feels that when I feel in the session, I'm going to feel it and I usually express it. And that's why I don't offer things that I don't like 
because you can see it all over my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I'm doing something that I don't want to do, you can, I mean, you can see it. And then eventually I'm like, I don't want to do this. And that's usually how it comes off. Like, ew, I'm done. We're done. We're done. Get your clothes. Go. And that's. <laughs> that's the empowerment part right there for me. Yeah. But that's also like the portrait that society offers of sex work. Mm-hmm. That basically sex workers are forced to do things they yeah. don't want to yeah. do with oh, people they yeah. don't want to do it with. Huge. And, and that's what you mm-hmm. think. That's what anyone. Huge. That's what that's people exactly. assume. That's they, what you think when you're a girl. When you watch TV. Mm-hmm. And but there's the a standard that to it's illegal all sex work. like an enhancement <laughs> of your own preferences yeah. is just not something that anyone thinks about as an option. I've basically branded who I am. Yeah. That's all I did is I, I who I am is what you, that's what you see. So. Lifestyle coach, intimacy, body worker, and professional mistress. Yeah. And then it says you're an ultra runner. <laughs> yes. Have you always been an athlete? Yes. Okay. I've always been an athlete, uh, always done running, swimming, bicycling. Those are usually my three stories. But this, th- I love this quote. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the boundaries within yourself that you have built against it. It's like, I think that we're all kind of have, all of us humans have this little seeking heart syndrome. I don't, we all want to, we all want to find our special somebody. We all have like this heart that's seeking out for this love, this big love. But usually that big love's inside of us and we we try to look outside of us for it. And I like to hold space to help like bring that back. Really remind people that really that love is in you and the barriers like for you to express that love is like you're putting up those barriers. So how can we remove those barriers so that you can experience that love that you're really wanting to seek? So, yeah, it's well. It, yeah. I really, it really resonated with me. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So explain like how you've branded yourself. Mm. And and oh my gosh. Yeah. So because of this being like a lifestyle choice and a, a way of dating cuz I've done sugar dating and even been a sugar mama a few times. I still have a sugar baby that hits me up every so often. <laughs> um and and just kind of having an alternative approach to my dating style. My first site that I put up I was like Okay, well, I guess I'll make it like a dating website. <laughs> what do people want to know when they want to date? What do people want to know about you when they date? And I knew that dating apps were popular. I don't even think I even had a date. I think I probably had OkCupid at that time. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't. I didn't necessarily copy paste my my dating site and moved it over to a website, but that's what I did I put up a few really cute pictures of me being just me being me and then put up a little story like I like classic cars and camping and and baseball's fun alive you know and like, <laughs> long like I like sunsets on the beach that sort of shit <laughs> and um and went from there and then as I evolved as a person my website evolved so as I started 
exposing myself more, like inviting people into my life by saying, oh, I'm an ultra runner. I have a 15-year career of nursing that I retired from. I have children. I have dogs. I started just like opening up more and more that I realized that people like that because they see they see that you're authentic. They see that you're real. They And usually people seek out genuine connections. It's about me being me and those people that need to come to me will come to me. Like dating. It's just a different, I, I look at this as basically a different form of dating. I branded myself as myself and I know not everybody does it that way. For some people it's a performance and they get off on it being a performance and that they are totally somebody else in the bedroom, like in this kind of work. And But this is what works best for me. And I don't feel like I have to wear a mask to do it. I've, I've had a, I had a guest on my show like a couple years ago who was a sex worker who was a lesbian. And she was only attracted to women and queer people, yeah. but all her clients were men. Her rate was a thousand an hour. And she offered girlfriend experience. And so, Oof. yeah. And I was like, oh, how The life can that you? she chose to live. She's like, yeah, I don't get anything from it. Nothing. Except, well, she Except must the from the, the thousand yeah. dollars keep, yeah. keeps her there, right? I mean, a thousand dollars a gig is that that's pretty nice, yeah. right? Yeah. But she said she gets no, and I thought, wow. But no like, enjoyment and pleasure. It's just a no, job to just her. an act. And just her an whole thing is job. an act. She acts like a bougie girl who, like, you know, just goes jogging and, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, she was like, yeah, I don't, I can't share my name because I don't want people to know I'm actually a lesbian because it would ruin the, the brand that I created the, for them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could not do that. Yeah. I, it just, it wouldn't fit me. Yeah, it's not authentic. It doesn't feel, it wouldn't feel like me. And, but I don't judge the people that go that way. And I don't, and I'm also not in this work as a, as a, a starving sex worker either. So I didn't come from this as like, I was, I was, it was needed. Like I... I definitely was working poor before doing this, but not starving. You know how some people go into this because they just they don't have anything yeah. else. Yeah. They they really don't. They don't have an education. They don't. Ha- they've they have left their home. They've hit rock bottom. Hit rock bottom. They're doing it for si- survival. Survival sex work, right? I'm not there. I started in my mid. 30s as well. I was already fairly established. I bought a house. I had just retired from a fairly professional career. So you were a nurse, you retired, and you got into sex work? Yeah. That's, yes. Do Actually, you make more money as a sex worker? Holy fuck, yes. That's why I said, yes, I was working poor. Literally, there were times, as a nurse, on a nursing wage, which is, people say that's, you could live off this, right? There were times where I did not eat at night where my, because I, my children needed to eat, and I chose not to eat. That's how poor I was. And I've heard stories <laughs> like that, and I, I don't know. I always thought nurses made a lot of money. I had a submissive, and, and it was in my personal life, and I had a couple play partners like in DS Dynamics, and some of them were financial domination play partners, and I was pulling money from them and I would go home and tell my submissive at home like my personal partner look what I just got I just made eight hundred dollars off this one guy I dominated him for this and he's like oh yay that's exciting and 
then out of nowhere, I think we were just eating dinner. He's like, why don't you just do this for professionally? Your kids have asked you to leave nursing. You hate it there. You're broken most of the time. Why don't you just do this? And I'm like, well, I don't really know how to do it. And he goes, well, there's Backpage. When Backpage still existed, too. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I knew, I knew escorting was. I knew companionship was. Because sex work, you're paying for it, right? There, and depending on where your rates land on the, on the scale, you do get a certain class that comes to see you. The, the, because that's, they're making that money. They can spend that kind of money. So, yeah. I do work on a sliding scale. I don't know if I should say that too loud. <laughs> but I feel like the work that I do is necessary. And um, I work with people. I usually ask for them to pay my rate up front. Let's see if we connect. If we connect, let's continue to work and we'll work in your budget. If we don't connect, I'm going to tell you we don't connect and not waste either one of our times and probably give you a few other mistresses to go see in town is usually what I do. And I'm really up in front about it, too. Like, I'll have people be like, I really like costumes. I'm like, that's sweet. I like sweatpants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you might get a costume down the road when I'm in the mood for a costume, <laughs> but you're not going to get lingerie right off the bat. <laughs> My knowledge around um, health and healing. I'm also a somatic practitioner, uh, a sexologist. Uh, I have... I, the nursing that I did was into life and oncology. Um, I'm coming from a, a herbalist as well, like and it's a nutritionist, a massage therapist. Uh, I do Reiki, so it's like I've had all these. I have all these other added components that bring in the healing aspect, and then I bring in a level of ritual around it and ceremony with it. Then I bring in plant medicine. Um, either with cannabis, sometimes with mushrooms, if that's where we're going to go, if we're going to go into that, the, the hallucinogenic side. Um, and if that's what they're wanting, too, as well. Like, of course, this is all within the parameters of what the clientele is coming to seek me for, if that's making sense. So, you... so I take all of that medicine part, and then I bring it with this other aspect of BDSM. And you intertwine it. <laughs> so wow. yeah, how Explain. am I intertwining how, it? How, is, how would it go? <clears throat> um, so it's I look ritual too, right? Yeah, and there's rituals so. and ceremonies. So it's so again, it's it's individual with the person. So let's see. Let's I'll use I'll use this one particular client actually. I'm supposed to do a ritual tonight with her at 4:26 a.m. <laughs> for the because it's a full moon tonight. So. <laughs> With this particular client, she is very submissive. She loves dominant women telling her what to do. She enjoys humiliation, but she also has this extremely earthy, spiritual side of her. And she celebrates the moon. She celebrates the new moon, the full moon. She... Um, like she also has a thing with like the ritual of blood. And, and so I try to bring in, with her and I sitting down, what can her and I collaborate that I'm going to support her and support her journey of becoming her authentic self. That's usually what I'm doing. I'm holding that space for them to become find their voice, right? And um, we come up with 
one thing that we come up with is moon rituals. So we come up with the usually full moon ritual or a new moon ritual, and we actually meet on those times. Like we make sure that our in-person sessions land around the full moon and the new moon so that we can partake in this kind of ceremony and this ritual together. Sometimes at the beginning we do, I'll pull her tarot cards and then we'll talk about the tarot cards that I've laid out for her. And then we'll move into some chanting, uh, lighting of incense, sage, like a cleansing little chant ceremony. We move into the scene and the scene looks, sometimes it could be as simple as this is for her, right? Of things that she likes. It can be as simple as her shaving my legs naked next to my bath with a spider gag on. And that's our whole scene is her shaving my legs. And, and then we move into uh, like a closing ceremony of some sort. And usually there's like some sort of aftercare. And sometimes the scene can be me whipping the shit out of her <laughs> and bringing her to extreme pain and then wrapping her up like into a cocoon and then laying on top of her and compressing her as like our aftercare after like beating the shit out of her. Bringing up those endorphins, <laughs> getting that high and that rush. And the rush that I get too from beating somebody because I'm a fucking sadist. I need, to, I need my sadist to come out. <laughs> If I don't have my sadist to come out, I'm probably going to wake up in the morning growling at somebody or telling somebody to fuck off on the street because I didn't get to hit my bitch at home. <laughs> Who wants to be hit? Of course. Like, my bitch at home wants to be hit. <laughs> I have a question. So how yeah. does it go from, like, the, you know, like, the rituals you described earlier, you know, mm -hmm. tarot, you said, you know, make some sage, you know. How do you move from that to spider gag? Oh. So for me... I have this little thing where I I like them to kneel down in front of me to like give themselves to me and I like that dynamic of having like they have to look up at me <laughs> I'm the big I'm the boss <laughs> you're the little guy uh, and then I usually there's some sort of words that, that are exchanged during that time but at one point like the transition piece like the transition words that I used is did you bring me something today what, what's your gift for me today something along those lines besides the tribute you brought me what else did you bring me and then I guide them to tell me that they have brought me their mind their body and their soul to do as I wish and then that's the transition right there. And I usually cuff them, collar them, and then we move into the scene. And I say, okay, well, if, I'm in, if I get to do as I wish, then we move into it. Okay. Yeah. It's a collaboration of my energy and their energy that's making the scene. It's not just... At least for me, I don't just walk in and be like, it's my way or the highway. It's, it's a lot of them as well incorporated into the scene. It's even. Like, I can't, I can't dominate without them submitting, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't dominate without getting their consent. And sure, I can, but that's called abuse. <laughs> it's a whole other level here. <laughs> like, so... And if that, that's not what I'm offering as a service. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, I look at it as a very even um, and fluid energy that happens in the space. Even with the companionship sessions, even with the cuddling sessions, I can't do that alone. I'm sure I can cuddle myself, but that's only going to be my energy in that space. What is the weirdest thing I love your sex you've story. encountered as a provider? What's the fetish that they, they do when uh, they have sex with dead people? Necrophilia. Necrophilia, okay. So um, so this particular person had had that fetish, but they wanted to play with it in a different way. So I was like, okay, well... And, and this is still when I'm doing submission work, okay? So I'm, I'm being the sub during, during this scene. And, and I'm... the dead girl. I'm the... I'm, well... Well, yeah. So yeah. that's what I thought. I thought I was going to be the dead girl. Okay? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm blindfolded. You're <laughs> like, I'm going to scoot this closer. And I'm blindfolded. And I had, I had mirrors up. I still have mirrors up in my space. And there was, like, mirrors behind me. And I could kind of, like, peek under my blindfold to kind of see. You know, I'm like, what is this guy doing? And he had me in this, on all fours was my position. And, and he pulls this thing out of his bag. And I'm like... I thought I was going to be dead. Like, what are we doing? I thought I was playing dead. Why am I, like, sitting here like a dog, <laughs> you know, like, trying to look? And he starts, like, I start feeling this thing go into my pussy. And it's, and it, it's like, cold and hard. And it's big. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, am I supposed to enjoy this? Like, it's not feeling, like, <laughs> what's, what's up? <laughs> and um, finally, like, he's still, like, trying to really shove it in there. And finally, I'm like, okay, okay, I think you either need lube or what the hell are you trying to do? Like, I'm not warmed up enough for this. And he's, and I pulled off my blindfold and he's trying to shove his grandmother's urn, urn inside of my pussy. What? <laughs> no what joke. No hell? joke. <laughs> he took it to a whole nother level. I still, like, there was no judgment even, like, in the scene, like, from me, which I was even surprised by, like, my response. Like, I wasn't judging this guy about what he was doing. I was just, like, I just remember saying, hey, maybe we should have had a conversation before Grandma goes in the pussy. Right. Like, I should have known about this. I thought we were playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking the dead. Oh, my gosh. Grandma. Was this in one of the American places as opposed to the Australian? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, how was that like allowed? Like, yeah, <laughs> that was, that was definitely. Wow. Um... <laughs> that's, pretty gross. that's crazy. That's scary. <laughs> That is really but I, I remember laughing though like I was like I laughing so hard because I was like I thought but then when I was like I thought we were playing dead not fucking dead and he's like we are fucking the dead and I was just like oh my god you took this too far <laughs> you know, we should have talked about this <laughs> grandma sex does not go yeah dead. like I shouldn't fuck your grandma I don't care if she's dead or alive <laughs> Wow, that is literally the weirdest. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's story pretty anyone has ever told on this mm -hmm. podcast. Is it? Is it really? Okay. Yeah, that All right. takes the cake. Thank that you. takes the Ms. cake. Monday Jones. <laughs> I feel you. like I. I mean, like that's not even like. What was another one? What's the one where? What's the fetish? Wish I could remember all these fetishes. What's the one where you like? You eat them. 
not cannibalism. Like that would be me having the fetish. It's cannibalism. But what's the one where like you shrink them and you eat them? Oh shit! It has some weird funky name to it too. So so it's, it's a fetish. I just don't know the name of the fetish. But I did I did at one point had a client that this was his fetish was that he wanted me to eat him but not like cannibalism eating like he wanted me to like tell him through my words it was a lot of it was a lot of word play a lot of like word fucking like how to get your words right and like fantasy through this making a story but basically I'd walked him through this whole story where I came across him and how I thought he was this amazing creature that I wanted him to become mine. So I shrunk him into these, into this little bean and took tiny little bites out of him and savored it. And, and you would like describe how he would taste in my mouth and like the saliva build up and how it would like flow down my body through all of my organs and all this stuff. It was, he loved it though. He got off on that shit. <laughs> I thought it was great coming up with really creative ways to eat him. Sounds like that takes a lot of skill. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. A lot of well, yeah, it's a it's mind fucking. It's mind fucking with these words, this fantasy play. But I remember having a lot of fun with that one, like coming up with different scenarios. Like I hunted him like a pig once. <laughs> <laughs> And one time I chewed him, I chewed, like, I, I didn't shrink him, I just let him be big, but I chewed every bit of him, like, would take bites out of his whole body, and then I'd, like, literally, like, bite on his skin so he could feel it while I was telling him the story. Wow. <laughs> and, like, get up close to his ears and make, like, munching sounds and, and chew on it, like, chew on his ear a little bit. <laughs> I'm very impressed with your versatility. Yeah? Yeah, like, what you've described, like, it's like a whole range yeah, of abilities. Yeah. You, know, you can do, you do, like, so many different things with people. Um, I guess so. It's I, impressive. I've, I have referred to myself as, like, a full, I've referred to myself as a, a full-spectrum sex worker. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X. And I look forward to our next romp in the bedroom. Good night.